Hey there, everyone. Michael A. Bryan here from the Oracular School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological practice. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, I hope it's not too specific, but I promised my client that I would ask you this. So I had a client and in his chart, the luminaries were exalted um, and had a very good aspect to the uh, his, you know, Significator, the L1, but L4 and L10 had terrible aspects to L1, and also um, everything was bad about them. So L4 and L10 were really in bad shape, had terrible aspects to him, and so I thought he would have a horrible mother story, and it turned out that he was adopted. And so his adoptive parents looked like the luminaries, like the luminaries. Uh, and, and so I'm wondering, is that even possible that uh, have you ever had charts of adopted people? Or what would you even say if, if even if he wasn't adopted, how would you interpret these exalted luminaries and with good aspects to L1 versus uh, L4 and L10 in terrible aspects and so on, so on and so forth. Because we always look for corroborating factors, you said, and nothing was corroborating. <laughs> the question has to do with how do we navigate when a chart seems to say two contradictory things? So how do we actually reconcile the fact that the luminaries are having a good aspect to him and that they're exalted and that the rulers of the 4th and the 10th house, which also specifically represent his parents, are having a bad aspect to him and are also in a very bad shape within his chart. How we do that is we remember that our first course of action as traditional astrologers is to interpret planets based on the houses that they rule, which means if I have the sun in Aries in a positive aspect with the rule of my ascendant, then I'm going to interpret that as indicating that the house that that sun rules and the things signified by that house are going to be in good relationship with me. It has nothing to do with my father. If a person has sun trying them within their natal chart. It has nothing to do with their father unless that sun is specifically ruling their fourth house. If a person has moon trying them in their natal charts, it has nothing to do with their mother unless that moon specifically is ruling that person's 10th house. When we talk about the sun and the moon as universal significators of the parents, what we are specifically referring to is where those planets are by themselves. We're not saying that if the sun or the moon is in a trine relationship with the ruler of the ascendant, then that means that I'm having a good relationship with that parent, because that's not how we do universal significations of the planets or universal significations of the parents. So let me break down how we talk about the parents. The parents are specifically coming from the ruler of the fourth house is the father, the ruler of the tenth house is the mother where those planets are, how those planets are doing, what those planets are doing is going to give us the biggest story within this lifetime regarding our parents, period. The sun and the moon is only going to be a corroborative factor of that, but their aspects to me 
don't matter. So it doesn't matter if in my chart I have the son in a trine relationship with the rule of my ascendant. That doesn't say that I have a good relationship with my father because we don't mix specific signification and universal signification together. This is actually a very nuanced question and I hope that I'm answering it in a way that's understandable. But the point is, from the moment I start speaking about the term ruler, if I say the word ruler, I have to use that word ruler for everything. So I can't say ruler of my ascendant is in a trine relationship with the universal significator of my father because you cannot bring a specific significator and a universal significator into the same conversation. Similarly, I cannot say that the specific significator of me, i.e., ruler of my ascendant is in a trine relationship with the universal significator of my mother being the moon because we cannot bring a specific significator into a conversation with a universal significator. So if I'm speaking about planets as specific significators, then all of those planets need to be specific significators. It has to be rule of my ascendant is having such and such an aspect with the ruler of my fourth house. Or it has to be rule of my ascendant is having such and such an aspect with the ruler of my tenth house. But it can never be ruler of my ascendant is having such and such an aspect with Venus, the universal significator of love. Therefore, because that conversation and that sentence doesn't make sense. Specifics go with specifics. Rulers go with rulers. Lords go with lords. Universals go with universals. If I find myself in a place where I'm talking about the son as the universal significator of my father, then that's a different topic entirely. In that conversation, I am only looking at the son. I'm only looking at the aspects that son is receiving. And then I'm going to give my judgment based on the son where the sun is, and the aspects that the sun is receiving. Similarly, if I'm going to speak about the moon as the universal significator of my mother, I'm not going to say moon is in a square relationship with the lord of my third house, because that does not make sense. We do not use universal significators and specific significators in the same sentence. My specific significator paragraph has to be complete, before I go on to my universal significator paragraph, but I cannot interweave these concepts together. So if I'm talking about the moon as the specific significator of nothing, the only thing the moon can be the specific significator of is the house that she specifically rules, at which point she stops being moon, she simply becomes planet which rules the fourth house. Similarly, if I'm speaking about a planet ruling my 10th house, Say I have Saturn ruling my 10th house. That Saturn ceases to be Saturn. It only therefore is planet ruling my 10th house, which means it could be any planet ruling my 10th house. There's nothing specific about Saturn that needs to be brought into the dialogue or into the conversation when I'm referring to Saturn 
as the specific ruler of a specific house. Because when referring to planets as the rulers of houses, those planets are only pawns. They lose all of their intrinsic value as Saturn being cold and dry and miserable, Venus being hot and warm and nice. They lose all of their intrinsic value. They only become the representatives of the houses that they rule. Which is why when I'm having that conversation about the rulers of houses, that has to be a conversation that's completely independent of anything I can say about those planets as planets themselves. When I start talking about Saturn as Saturn, I've moved into the realm of talking about that Saturn as a universal significator that represents all things Saturn within the universe. When I start talking about the sun as the sun, I've moved into a realm where I'm talking about the sun as a universal significator of himself, and therefore he's representing all things solo within the universe. Sunflowers and gold and lions and whales as the king of the ocean and all of those things would come under the sun from a universal perspective. The point is, we don't mix the two. So there is no aspect relationship that the sun could ever have to the ruler of my ascendant that would say anything about my father because from the moment I say rule of my ascendant in aspect with the sun, I'm already having the wrong conversation because the only thing that sun can do if I am referring to the rule of my ascendant. The only thing that son can do is also be the ruler of a house because that is how that conversation is built. If I then say that I have my son in a trine relationship with Jupiter, then wonderful things I can say about my father because I'm no longer using that Jupiter or the son as rulers of houses. I'm speaking about them as planets. The rule is... If you are saying the name of the planet, chances are you're only speaking about that planet as a universal significator. If you're referring to that planet as the ruler of a house, then you cannot refer to the name of that planet anymore because planets lose all of their individuality the minute they become the specific rulers of houses. So that's one part of this answer. The final part of this answer is that as far as family is concerned, the rule of your fourth house is always going to be a father. The rule of your tenth house is always going to be a mother, period. Which means that if you find yourself confused about something within a chart reading that you're giving, because the relationship between the ruler of the fourth house and the tenth house is saying one thing and the relationship between the sun and the moon is saying something else, then you need to drop the sun and the moon argument, and only focus on the ruler of the 4,000 and the ruler of the 10,000 argument, which I've said before. You need to drop the sun and the moon argument and only focus on the ruler of the 4,000 and the ruler of the 10,000 because that is going to give you a far more accurate read on what's occurring within that person's life as far as their family is concerned than anything that you could ever possibly say about the sun and the moon. At the Oracular School of Astrology, from a traditional astrological perspective, your first default is the houses because the houses is what gives a specific understanding of what's going on within the various topics of that person person's life. Your secondary recourse should be the planets as universal significators. But if the planets as universal significators says something contrary to what they say as specific significators, you should ditch your universal significators argument and only focus on what the planets are saying as specific significators within that person's chart. 
So, there are many parts to this story, but the fundamental part of the story is that there is no reason to ever be confused about this because our primary goal as traditional astrologers is always to understand what the planets represent based on the houses that they rule. Period. Anything else we say on top of that is pure fluff or corroboration. And if the things that you're trying to use to corroborate something that you're saying don't actually have the ability to corroborate something that you're saying because you're trying to speak about something from a universal perspective, then those things should be ditched because the primary truth will always be the truth that is told by the rulers of the houses within a chart from a traditional astrological perspective. If we were doing another type of astrology that wasn't so bound to the houses, as traditional astrology, then that would be another story. But in general, the primary truth that we will ever say to our clients comes from the specific rulers of the specific houses within our birth chart, and that's it. And we need not be confused about anything else, and we need not be caught up in the exaltation of the sun and the exaltation of the moon, because truthfully, the sign language, part of that isn't really a place where we're going to be getting any major interpretation from. Our interpretation of planets within a traditional astrological perspective will always be the aspects that the planets are receiving. That's always going to be the most important thing we can ever read. We should not think about the signs of the zodiac as a major interpretive language, especially when talking about the planets in signs and especially when talking about the planets as the universal significators of things, because when we're talking about planets as universal significators of things, what we really want to see is what is the conversation that these planets are having amongst each other. In other words, we want to see what are the aspects going on. We don't really care about the signs of the zodiac. So be it resolved, our only default should always be Houses. Who are the rulers of these houses? What interactions are they having? And if you're practicing in a way that feels as if the astrology is too big to the point of being confusing, then only focus on that because you can only focus on one thing at a time and focus on that until that feels like a strongly developed mastery within yourself and then start to broaden the parameters of your astrology. But in the beginning, if you're doing two things and those two things don't line up with each other, then do the one thing that makes the most sense. And the one thing that will always make the most sense as far as using houses in astrology is concerned is interpreting a chart based on the rulers of the houses, period, not based on the universal significators of any topic within that person's life. I, ha I have to go back to my notes and see what I have been doing there but yeah that totally makes sense but then would you who are the parents the adoptive parents or the natal parents okay. that is the question right i don't know if it is the question did he ever know his actual parents uh he he knew something about his father he never met him because he died really early and the mother he met later in life yes mm-hmm and she knew he knew she was uh, a problematic person so also for him so it 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 fits much better with the natal parents with the biological parents honestly what was in the chart okay so to the question of if someone is adopted who is 
going to show up in their chart as far as their parents are concerned. This is a big question. It's an existential question. It's a question that is probably best reserved for Jesus or for somebody else who has a sense of all-knowingness that can crack this code because it is a very important question and it's a difficult one to answer. I don't get lost in the sauce of ever trying to answer this question because when I read the person's chart, I'm going to read the chart and I'm going to read this person as having one mother and one father and that's all I'm going to read. And if that person was adopted one time, if that person was adopted 20 times, if that person was adopted no time, whoever comes up in my reading of that person's mother and father is going to be the parent's story. And they'll say, oh yes, this corresponds more with my biological parents, or oh no, this corresponds with the family I lived with the longest, or whatever. But it's up to them to decide, because my job as an astrologer isn't to pierce through the weeds and figure out which one of these groups of parents that you've had is going to be the actual parent, because astrology isn't built in that sort of way. Astrology is built to talk about your mommy and your daddy, and you. And truthfully, I can give somebody a very clear assessment of their parents within their chart, and it's for that person to say to me later, after the reading is concerned, or even before the reading is concerned, but really after the reading is concerned, especially if I'm giving a blind chart reading, it's up to that person to say, hey, that story didn't match my adoptive parents, but that is exactly what the story of my birth parents was. Also, if a person is adopted, that's going to show up in their chart in multiple ways. That person might have Neptune conjunct the IC, squaring their ascendant or squaring the rule of their ascendant. That person could have Neptune rising. That person could have Uranus conjunct the IC. That person could have Uranus conjunct the ascendant. These are two of the ways how this story could manifest. That person could also have Saturn conjunct their ascendant because that could represent coming into the world with a heavy story that probably wasn't my heaviness to put on my shoulders in the first place. There are many ways how that can manifest. That person might have one of the parents conjunct the south node. That person might probably have both of the parents in the 12th house. That person might have both of the parents conjunct the south node in terms of the ruler of the 4th house and the ruler of the 10th house. That person could have the ruler of the 4th house and the ruler of the 10th house in a quincunx relationship. All of these things could represent that that person is coming into this lifetime from a familial space that isn't actually feeling the nicest for them or from a familial story that isn't actually feeling the nicest for them. So if a person is really adopted-adopted in a way where that is a major story within their lives and possibly even a major challenge within their lives, that's going to show up in multiple ways and it's not just going to show up through the planets ruling the 4th house and the 10th house respectively, but it's also going to show up based on multiple factors that say that this person has come into the world without the fundamental support necessary to fully tend for themselves or to fully feel taken care of and as a result of that there could be a major wound within this person's life as far as the paternal story is concerned so moral of the story is I wouldn't you know people sometimes ask me to look at the chart and say if this person had brothers or sisters. And even though we have a means of doing that within traditional astrology, and sometimes I do do it to my great fascination and to the fascination of others around me. But why? You know, why? I think that there are certain 
endeavors and avenues that we oftentimes find ourselves getting pulled into from an astrological perspective that we would never get pulled into in any other field, in any other subject, that we wouldn't even put ourselves in the position to answer those sorts of questions in any other sphere of human endeavor. And very often the question of, oh, which parents are you talking about? My real parents or my adopted parents or rather my biological parents or my adopted parents is a kind of silly question because you've heard the story I just told you. You know which set of parents that lands for for you and you know the set of parents it doesn't land for for you. Similarly, people want to do the whole thing of, okay, will I have a boy baby or a girl baby and how many of them will I have? I mean, come on, you wouldn't ask anybody else that. You'd probably ask your doctor that, but you'd ask your doctor that getting an ultrasound. So, I mean, the, the thing is that very often people put on astrology things that aren't even necessary. I don't need to tell you that you're adopted. If you came into this world and you know that you're adopted, why put that on my shoulders as an astrologer to tell you? I could definitely point out a more complicated domestic life and that might potentially point towards adoption. But I think that we, we collectively... Clients of astrology, as well as newer astrologers ourselves, we need to stop putting up these hoops for the astrology to jump through because all we need to do is read the chart. And in reading the chart, we're going to say certain things. And for the most part, if we're practicing good astrology, the things that we say are going to land for those people. And we don't need to push it further. Similarly, it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry to rant about this. But it's a little tiny run. It's like the people who do horary astrology to find out if it's going to rain today. Go read the weather report. Go look at the TV. Go type in Boston, weather in Boston or something. There's no reason to do that. It, it feels like, I don't want to say it feels like an abuse of the astrology, but it just feels highly unnecessary to put yourself through that sort of internal chaos to feel like, you know, oh my God, am I doing the astrology correctly? I don't know how to answer this question. There are some questions that you probably will never be able to answer as an astrologer. You'll probably never be able to answer what size a person's foot is from an astrological chart reading. And as an astrologer, new or seasoned, it is like a ridiculous thing to put yourself under that amount of stress to answer the question, how big is this person's foot? by looking at their birth chart. So let us all take a deep breath. And after having taken said deep breath, practice the astrology that you've been taught. Whether you've been taught that by me, whether you've been taught that by someone else, practice the astrology that you've been taught. Don't put pressures on the astrology that no one has ever put on you in this lifetime. And just do that version of astrology because chances are the astrology that you practice is amazing enough and mind-blowing enough that that person won't even want their money back because you didn't also tell them how big their foot was. Okay? Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry about this. I knew, uh, anyway, thank you. <laughs>
If you're enjoying these Q&A segments and you'd like to work with either myself or an OSA certified astrologer, then by all means check out our website where you can book yourself a high quality astrological consultation today. Also, I answer many of these questions and more in my book, Mastering Traditional Astrology, A Depth of Beginning in the Celestial Art, which you can buy a copy of on Amazon.com.